This is Torbay Hospital Radio. This is Keith, and I'm joined today in the studio by two lovely ladies from a band who are Devon-based, Billy Bottle of the Temple of Shibboleth. I've got it right, That's right. You've got it right, Keith. <laughs> yes, yeah. So that was Billy. Nice to meet you, Billy. Hello. And Viv. Hi, hello. Viv is the flautist. I am. Plus vocalist yes and what other bit of cello all right bit of crumb horn (laughs) and the all-important oh yes and the iron oh the iron okay (laughs) i looked panic in a panicked way at billy then and the what what this album is actually being released today. That's Billy. right, this very day. So we're very, we're very excited and excitable. <laughs> well, I'm, I've been very fortunate, listeners, to be given an advanced copy. And I've been listening to this. And I hope you're all going to enjoy it because I think it's absolutely unique. It's something I haven't heard for a long time. So what we'll do, our ladies will kick off with the first track, mm-hmm. which is called In the Temple from Billy and the rest of the band. Beautiful song. Thank, Thank you. you. I, I love the musicianship on it. It's just, I wish I was a musician when I hear that. I wish I could play oh. something. <laughs> oh. Well, I would say it late. takes a musician to hear music, you know. In that case, you know, anyone who enjoys music must be musical in some way. Mm-hmm. I listen to a lot. <laughs> you listen to a lot. Good. <laughs> right, so the band. The band. So the band. So Billy Bottle's Temple of Shibboleth. Um, kind of came out of another band called uh, Billy Bottle and the Multiple. And uh, so three of us have been playing together for, oh, I don't know, maybe 12 years, something like that. We've mm. we've sort of, um, we've found like our own little niche together, you know, playing music that's kind of in, in the gaps between jazz and folk and rock and classical maybe, you know. Um, so, yeah, we've, we've kind of... We've we've got something going over over the, all that time, and uh, it's it gradually turned into a new project, you know, coming out of lockdown. Um, and we also added Anna Batson on bassoon. Uh, we also added Emma Holbrook on drums, and sort of the other part of the original um, trio, if you like, is Ross Harding on sax, and I'm on keys. Sounds good. 
And I'm on flute. <laughs> <laughs> I was just waiting for you to say something. Yeah. Oh, I didn't mention. I thought we'd already talked about you on flute. <laughs> no, we were off the air. That was off air. Oh, that was off air. Oh, there we go. We need to talk more on air. Yeah. yeah. And you also, I believe, you have Richard Sinclair. Richard Sinclair on bass, yeah. Yes, yeah. and he's got a big history of... He has indeed, mm. yeah. I, I actually first met him, like, a long time ago when I was at university and I was doing a dissertation on the so-called Canterbury music scene um, and it just so happened I managed to get to a secret gig of his band Caravan um, who were quite well known in the 70s um, and they inspired me and my music a lot and also Viv, Viv's flute playing quite a lot as well mm. um, and so yeah I, I met Richard sort of uh, I don't know 20, 20 odd years ago and he actually invited me around to his house and I did like an interview with him you know had a cup of tea, and that was that was in Canterbury itself as well. So it's quite quite an amazing memory. And then last year, sort of out of nowhere, he sort of appeared on Facebook, and he was video calling me, <laughs> and he'd heard something that I'd been working on um, that was sort of related to the Canterbury scene. Um, and yeah, so basically he said, "Oh, I'd like to work with you," and you know that's that's kind of how this how this happened and hopefully you know there'll be a bit more in the future as well yeah well we'll get on to the future later yeah. all right now i'm just concentrating on this piece of work that you've just given us mm. Mm. so and you also the album was produced by george Shelley. that's right yeah he has history with blur I yeah believe. that's right that's right um and also uh yaz the only way is up he produced that and he's in he's in Devon, you know. He's raised pretty much around the corner in uh, Abbotsca as well. Um, and again, he's someone I met quite a few years ago, and it just so happened he moved to Devon, and our paths sort of collided again. And that was, you know, really lovely. And he was up for, um, you know, producing this and turning it into something, you know, that was really kind of, you know, kind of stands up with with a lot of pop music, as you know, as well as it being influenced by lots of other kinds of musics as well. Yeah. So. Do you um, get involved in the production yourself, ladies? Oh, we do. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I, I thought it was. I, I guess yes. that might be We the have answer. a steering committee. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you do. Because I, I don't think anybody could ever create something like this. Because it is a concept. It isn't just like it, yeah, it, an it, album of, sing, of tracks. It is a concept that you listen to all the way through and develop. Yes, it is. And and it was um, important to us that, you know, we have got used to communicating not only through music, but, you know, we get on very well. We have a, a real uh, love of each other, don't we, the, the um, members of the band. And then also meeting George and getting on very well together has to be, has to be comfortable and um, sort of ab able to think of the music as of utmost importance and, and it's, all, it's all about what's going to make a good sound so there's there's never sort of oh this is your role with the music or this is this is now the producer's role to, to um, produce something technically brilliant but it was very much about sitting together and listening through and, and having the, the heart of it and Billy explaining um, the story behind it which we'll come to in a bit. Mm. <laughs> yes yes I think so because mm. I am absolutely uh, enthralled to hear the story behind it, mm. where it's all come from. Your your album, lyrics wise. Mm, yes. I, I've read some of your lyrics, and um, they they're quite different. I, I kind of thought they were very good, very original, very humorous. Thank you. Uh, I did enjoy those. But let's go back to when was it you started 
getting this album together? Well, it sort of came to me um, very shortly before lockdown, you know, before the events of three years ago. Um, in the, the beginning of 2020, um, I started doing uh, care work in, in, a, in the home of uh, an elderly lady who um, was just is a wonderful, wonderful, inspiring woman. And uh, it was in, in the little town of Ottery St. Mary. And um, what I realised when I started there, um, and, it's, and it's live in, so, you know, I was there pretty much for five weeks, no days off, um, two hours break a day, you know, just to kind of stretch my legs, have a coffee in the, in the town. And, um, yeah, what I, what I realised was that this, this lady, what she really needed was a ritual. And she was brought up on a farm in, in the war, and um, she had like quite a set pattern of what happened on each day. And, uh, you know, sometimes that was, you know, um, down to food. You know, it was like we always have bull beef and carrots on a, on a Wednesday, you know. Um, other times it was, this is the day that I wind the clock, you know. So there were these kind of rituals which seemed very, very important for her life. And I think what I realised for my life was... Oh, I haven't really, I haven't really got these rituals, or I haven't had them in my life. And you know, maybe in the past I was a little bit sort of like, oh, you know, I don't want to work nine to five. You know, I don't want to be sort of set and bound by tradition in a way. And I think what she gave me was like a way of um, using tradition to help, you know, to help the house run because that was kind of what my job entailed. You know, as, as a housekeeper for her. A cook. Um, I'd I'd bathe her every morning at seven o'clock. Um, you know, get up in the night to put her legs back into bed. You know, all of these things. And you know, I'd done care work in the past, but this was so much more intense. And so, what came out of it was um, the notion of having a different, uh, what I call, function for each day. So Monday was washing day. And uh, that kind of ties us on to the track you're going to hear next, which is called The Wash. And indeed, the whole album is basically in the order of the days of the week. And uh, it's, you know, it's wh whether you do your ironing on a Tuesday or Thursday. Um, the other point really was just that the, the week is like the oldest, most widespread mantra that, that we all share. You know, we've, we've spent millennia doing this seven day thing and I think we all take it for granted and um, I think particularly you know it started to become really important in lockdown as well like where am I and people were saying were they you know what day is it yeah I wonder <laughs> if you're going to bring that in there yeah. because it's very much it, you know it was the, it was so timely wasn't it mm. that you did the work then when suddenly so many of us were being sent home and feeling very lost and Sort of relishing the freedom, but at the same time not being used to uh, having to decide on your day and decide what mood you were in and what you felt like doing. And um, I think the the idea of ritual mm. is an interesting one, isn't it? That mm. uh, you saying that many of us, and I think creative people, often fight against that sort of um, that routine. Nevertheless, we we need a lot of discipline and we need a daily ritual to 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 do the things that we really love doing but mm. it's very easy to to escape into uh, the more mundane mm. part of life because mm. that's safe um 
so that the idea of uh, I, I think we do have rituals you know we do we do uh, possibly not have awareness of the those rituals mm. that we need every day yeah. that we, we so I think part of it as well perhaps Billy do you think was Bring, bringing that awareness to people. Actually, you do you do have a ritual. It's not such yes. a, a shibboleth, which means we haven't come to that, have we? A shibboleth, no, an, right. an outmoded idea, comes from an old Hebrew word, doesn't it? Yeah. And it's about something that's no longer seen as fashionable. Um, but in fact, we do. We do have modern day um, rituals and practices that that enable us to get through a lot of turmoil. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I, I totally get that because mm. um, being let's say a little bit senior um, I recently stopped working and I found exactly mm. that Did you? the ritual mm. was broken yes yes and yeah. so I, li- I liked having Saturday and Sunday as a special day mm. because you weren't working mm-hmm. and all of a sudden Sunday's all the same yes how do you, how do you mark things I yes. miss bank holidays no, I miss them God. badly <laughs> because I just don't feel like they're any different to any other day. Yeah. Mm. So yeah. that's, that, I, can, I can see where you come mm. from, and that must have hit everybody yes. with that dreadful pandemic. Definitely, definitely. You know. In fact, talking of the pandemic, I, I hope you don't mind, mm. I shared your album with my daughter. Ah. Oh. Tracy, who lives in Derby. Hi, Tracy. And you're able to played listen. a few tracks, and she's just written in a little tweet this morning, which I printed off. He said, I really enjoyed the flow of the album and felt caught up in it and calm and rested at the end. It took me out of my worries of the day. So That's lovely. Influenced Brilliant. my daughter. Aww. Oh, thank you, Tracy. We're only halfway through the message. Oh, I'm <laughs> I'm there's more. There's more. <laughs> the tracks all seem to have a reaffirming message about life and their place in it. And this is a bit... Was this influenced by all that was going on due to the pandemic wow. while you were working on it? How did this out al- this shape the album mm. and affect how you worked? Mm. I think I think it. Um, thank you. I think it it got deeper. You know, I think because you know I, I started the that care job in January 2020, and obviously you know by the end of was it the end of March, the end of February, I always forget. <laughs> I think it was the end of February, wasn't it? We were locked down. Yes, yes. I, th- I think it was. No, oh, no, I no. Think it, was March. it was middle of March. Middle of March. Yes, it yeah. was. That's right. Because yeah. I just bought a car, oh. just picked it up, and it was parked on the drive for another year with the old line. nowhere to go. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, it, it sort of got deeper because you know I'd, I'd so when I when I came away from that job, I realised oh actually I want to I want to carry this on, you know, and um, I suppose. You know, part of what I'd discovered from doing this was that um, it sort of gave me like a kind of inner confidence and a sort of hope for how to how to thrive in any circumstance because you know that job was really really full on. And so I suppose when it came to to lockdown, it was you know obviously it was a terrific surprise, um, but at the same time I felt like these these rituals just kind of got more 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 deep really in their meaning and their value for for you know myself but also other people that I connected with who I sort of spoke to about this and I started this Facebook group which became this kind of like um I don't know like little creative hub and um in many ways it was sort of um there 
the only theme was that we were sharing, you know, days together um, and time together. And, you know, my, my hope was that people would find some solace in sharing things, no matter how weird or bizarre, you know, on different days, sort of, I don't know, somehow being given space time, like being allowed to, you know, given permission in a way to, um, to be silly um, through this sort of um, structure of the week, you know. Um, so, so, yeah, like eventually this flowed on to how the album was actually recorded because, mm. you know, Viv and I started collaborating um, remotely and Roz on sax did some remote recording, which you already heard on In the Temple. And, um, you know, by the time we got to last year, um, and I think of like starting last year, sort of like the mending year. So that's um, not just the third third day of the calendar but also like the third year of our calendar since you know um you know covid kind of started um so so yeah it's it's sort of come out of the ashes of like oh we can only communicate with each other on the internet and now my gosh we're in a room together you know Mm. and the music sort of got us through all of that well will will we play track number three the wash lovely okay which was you say Monday? Yes, That's right. Monday, Monday's ritual was a wash, was it? Right, here we go. This is the wash. on Spotify. Today, the track you first heard, In the Temple, has gone on Spotify. If you'd like to buy, hear the whole album, it's at our Bandcamp site, which is billybottle.bandcamp.com. And I've ordered my copy of the album. Oh, thank you. I wondered what that ping was. (laughs) 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 Yes, I've uh, ordered my copy because I love vinyl. Um, oh, fabulous. I still collect it's on vinyl. There we are. Yeah. Oh, had we said it was on vinyl? Uh, we had we not. Ha- no. <laughs> Let's right, say well. about it being on vinyl. Go on, say it's it. It's not I'd just be really on vinyl. It's on double gatefold vinyl. It's beautiful, beautiful design. Oh, um, we're just being shown a ticket for one of our performances as oh, well. Lovely. So we haven't spoken <laughs> about that either. <laughs> the fact that we're on tour from we'll the 13th. Yeah. Yeah, there's plenty oh, of time. We'll get Lots to say. Yes. But yeah, yes. Billy, billybottle.bandcamp.com, and you can uh, you can either order the download or you can order the vinyl. And if you order the vinyl, you get a download as well. 
Yes. And it's the launch day today. So there's never been a better time. Mm. <laughs> yes, absolutely. If you can actually get on the website, because it'll be crashing. Well, there will so many people. Yeah. 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 I have <laughs> got so a team trying to get on, on. So, a couple of things that I just wanted to uh, kind of discuss based on what you were saying Ooh, a minute ago. a bit serious now. Oh, yes. I'm, I'm very serious. <laughs> I try not to be. Um, the, the bit that enthralled me when I yes. read through online was you left the circus. I did. I left the circus for a second time. I was going to say, you've, you've left it more than once. Yes. I have, I have. So when, when I was uh, so-and-so age, <laughs> um, in 2004, uh, I joined uh, Gifford Circus, Giffords, who are the most amazing troupe, and um, they were quite small then, and I was with them for three seasons. Um, I had been delivering post in Bristol. <laughs> then I saw an advert which was saying they were looking for a piano player. Um, so I ended up going to this tiny little village hall up in the Cotswolds um, and had an audition, was sent back for a call back for a second audition. And uh, the next thing I was on the road, you know, with a travelling troupe and jugglers and strongman and, you know, all of the um, all of the tick boxes apart from wild animals. Um, and yeah, so so that was kind of like another life ago in many ways. But I, in 2018, I actually saw an advert again, which was like, oh, we're looking for a piano player. And I thought, crikey, it's been 12 years. And uh, I decided to go back. I thought, wow, this would be interesting because they had they, really yeah, rocketed really grown in stature. Yeah. Yes. And, um, you know, it's it's... It's a much bigger tent, you know. It was hay bales when uh, when I started. <laughs> I saw some old video and I just couldn't believe how small it looked. And now, you know, it's four hundred seat tent. They don't want it any bigger because um, dear Nell, who who actually died um, at the end of twenty nineteen, just after my sort of second year, around the time that I left. Um, a second time, you know, she had this vision of keeping it intimate, keeping it small. You know, there being a limit on how big it got. Um, and you know it's it is it's very well known in the Cotswolds, and uh, you know it's it's also well known internationally, really. Um, and it was just a joy to be part of that. You know, I've spent five years of my life on the road. You know, little little villages, um, amazing audiences, um, the best clown in the world, Tweedy. Um, and yeah, you know, it's, they're a family. They really, really are a family. So yeah, I suppose in many ways, you know, this music is is also inspired by now. It's inspired by circus. You know, you never know what's going to happen next. Um, and there's a lot that you know I I learned from that time really. Well, you've certainly uh, covered quite a spectrum here mm. in what you've been doing. I never when I saw the circus, a musician <laughs> in the circus, but I never thought about playing the piano in, in the uh, circus. Yeah, yeah. No, I had, I had a few roles, actually. It sort of escalated from, from piano. And uh, I suppose back in the day, we had a, a small three-piece band and the choreography to get round the band, you know, was, was hilarious, you know, playing a swanny whistle and the next thing, Radio 4 returning up and they want us to do that live on air and, you know, just doing Hay on Y Festival. And it was just such an amazing, exciting time, really, you know, doing a Vogue magazine shoot. And, you know, these things were just suddenly... <laughs> Come out of it's the a, it's a really it's a know. different sort of circus, yeah, isn't it? And the, the yeah. music is so integral, it's such an integral part of it. Mm. And watching the band, they're they're all dressed in car 
character as well that, that you know it is definitely part of the whole circus mm. and the atmosphere it's it's, it's beautiful mm. it's like boutiques mm. circus that's isn't right it? and you know don't you Viv, because you we went to see yes. them together last, yes. last which, year yeah yes which is really exciting mm. Mm. Yes, no, it's, it's wonderful. And it has a, a, a huge following now. And, yes. and Tweedy does both within Giffords mm. and separately, doesn't yes, he? Yes, that's but, right. But yes, there's, there's an element, because going back to our album with the, mm. the sort of music, it's definitely... Um, there's a, it's part of the style. There, there's, there's something playful, almost musical theatre about some of the songs as well, the way we wrote, because we, we, we had a, 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 another part of lockdown was this concentrated time we managed to live together for a bit yes. didn't we? Yeah. yeah and and um so we were getting parts sent in remotely from other musicians but also it enabled us to just focus on music and the ideas and we made videos as well mm. didn't we of the tracks and um uh, wrote uh, uh, lyrics together and and just bounce idea to have the opportunity to bounce ideas off each other mm. without without thinking oh we've got you know three hours in the studio today so we'd better make the most of it it was 24 hours a day whenever we had an idea we could work on it together and discuss mm-hmm. so I think that's part of why this album feels that it just has fallen into place mm. because we had the ability to really really think about everything really discuss what we wanted to to hint at not and not um come across as too worthy you know all sorts of aspects of what what you want to say as musicians through the music and the words not to not to be pushing people's buttons as much as just to say hey how about this you know we've had this this thought and i I think the lyrics are more poetic because of that because Mm. we're not um we don't have like a you know, we're not, uh, we're it's not, not a, a message for you in this song. <laughs> yeah, sell yeah, a it's, it's, it's saying yeah. lots of different things. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Works on many levels. Yes, like The Simpsons. <laughs> <laughs> that's well, that's kind of uh, a different way of looking at it. <laughs> kind of throwing me there for a minute. Good. Um, so, Viv. Yeah. Just quickly. Mm. I know. If I can. No, 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 no. You can spend as long as you want. I tell you what, will we play a track first? Okay. And then, yes, and we then will. I want to talk to you, Viv. Yeah. You can tell us all about your musical history. Ooh, oh, oh. Because I know you've um, been in a Around couple of bands. <laughs> I, I, mean, I wasn't going to say that. <laughs> Why would I say that? No, I, I know you've been with a few different bands yeah. and that. So mm. you've played. Ronnie Scott's? Yeah, yeah, a couple of times actually. So there's um, there's an amazing duo who are based in Dawlish, and they're very well known and respected on the uh, on the jazz scene. They, they I suppose they get sort of described as avant garde, um, and they are Kate and Mike Westbrook, um, and we've had the pleasure of working with them um, for I don't know the last twelve, thirteen years, something like that. And uh, there's so many different projects they have because they are so prolific. And at one point there was uh, a big band called the Uncommon Orchestra. Are they still going? Are they still under that name? I think yes. they are. Yes, they are. Good. Um, and we played Ronnie Scott's um, a couple of times uh, with myself in and Ros Harding on sax as well. Um, they are, oh crikey, 
this is the bit where I need to know where <laughs> where they're playing next and when. Because um, they did Ronnie's again last year, they're, didn't they? Yes, this is just um, after Mike's played at Pizza Express in London as yes, well, doing yes. solo piano gig. It's just, yeah. oh, There's something so, coming up in June, I know that. Yes, but, yeah. Yeah, I have to look it up because <laughs> they're, they're always hot on it. They're always yeah. on to the next project. But anyway, I mean, Ronnie's, that was, that was you know, it was a, it was a great experience to to do that and uh, I mean crikey they don't often have like 25 musicians on the stage it was a squeeze to say the least because <laughs> it's quite it's quite a um, you know it's sort of um, cramped is the wrong word it's sort of um, <laughs> it's kind of it's kind of petite isn't it in a posh way it, yes it feels like quite an intimate venue really yeah. doesn't it well it certainly did for 23 musicians <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> making a big jazz sound yeah, that's right that's right um, but yeah, I mean, you know, I suppose I've had the pleasure of playing, you know, quite a few jazz venues um, with the Westbrooks, and um, you know, in many ways, that is part of this music as well. Um, and I suppose when you know, when I landed in Devon, I got you know got wind that um, the Westbrooks were, were in Dawlish, and you know, I was in Tynmouth because that's where my parents moved to from the north uh, in two thousand. Um, and so, you know, I stayed with them for a bit and realised the Westbrooks were here and I knew that they'd worked with, you know, a few people that I'd admired already from the 70s. Um, so I just got in touch and I said, you know, I'm here and, you know, work with this person and that person, you know, maybe we could meet. And, um, you know, gradually, you know, we got to, got to know each other and, you know, various projects and they were sort of getting their big band together and... You know, I was just a big fan of theirs, you know, on the front row. And um, one, you know, one one Sunday morning, I got the call from Mike saying, oh, we haven't got a piano player for the rehearsal. Can you come in an hour? You know, and I was like still in my pyjamas. Is that how it started? Yeah, yeah, I don't exactly. And I thought, oh, well, you know, I've got the call. I better turn up. And um, and honestly, it was a baptism of fire. He showed me, he said, this is A minor. You know, most people who are musicians might just generally understand that as a three-note chord. And he showed me this voicing and it was not like an A minor I'd ever experienced in my life and uh, yeah it just kind of it kind of only got easier after that chord I must say (laughs) I mean when you say voicing that's where the pitches are located Mm. so you can have very very complex chords given Mm. a fairly simple name can't you (laughs) but yeah I mean people should perhaps look up um, or could perhaps look up Westbrook Jazz because Mm. then They'll uh, open the the Westbrook world, and there's a, a fantastic archive which actually Kate and Mike worked on during lockdown. So you can uh, watch films. Kate's the most incredible artist as well, so she's animated a lot of her paintings to the uh, repertoire going right back to I think the 60s. Did they start? At, yeah, mm. about one of their first gigs was at Ronnie Scott's, mm, was it not? That's right. Yeah. Yes, it was. Yeah. I can appreciate what you were saying about the stage because I've watched the um, streaming of um, Imogen Heap and Jeff Beck and, um, all right, he had quite a few speakers on the stage, Mm. but um, there didn't seem to be a lot of room in there. Yeah. yeah. What's your favourite venues in Ladies? Where have you played? What's what's your favourites? Oh, gosh. You would probably answer that better than me. I, I, I think some small festivals need a shout out. Oh gosh, yeah. <laughs> small festivals yeah. are, you know, niche festivals are lovely where you've still got a, a sense of community. I think um, some festivals, perhaps 
suffer these days from just being a little bit too big, a bit too overwhelming. And and certainly for us post COVID, yeah, um, yeah, we like the world being a little bit smaller. You know, it, it, I think it's taken people a while to get back out there again, and, and we've been used to being a bit more solitary. However, um, smaller festivals, Cosfest is a is a favourite festival, oh, isn't yeah, it? Um, and we play there with our another band, actually, the Invisible Opera Company of Tibet. A little shout out to the other band and um, Cosfest is changing location again it was at Whittacom wasn't it and then it's changing again this year so we're playing Honiton, there. I think. is Honiton, it near Honiton yeah. but, but um, I would say yes um, festivals where you know the, probably the vast majority of your audience who sort of follow you but we're all in one place at the same time I, I would say more than an actual venue it's who comes to it and the, the communication between you and the audience yeah yeah absolutely <laughs> i mean if you if you want like a grand answer i'd say places like king's place in uh, london um yes you and, played there with the westbrooks yeah you? and another one the westbrooks um did which i was part of was uh in italy and it was in the hometown of rossini and we were playing mike's music which is it's essentially um Arrangements, uh, you know, big band jazz arrangements of Rossini, and we played it in, in the theatre that's named after him. Um, and it was just—I mean, it's exactly what you'd imagine. It was completely extravagant with the chandeliers and you know, all of <laughs> sort of you know, gold trim and all of these things, and the most amazing piano. And you know, piano is—I was a pianist before I was a, a keyboard player, and um, you know, when I find a good instrument, that just you know, it's 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 as important to me as meeting a lovely person. Hmm? There we go. Oh. Well, that's wow. that's difficult to follow. <laughs> <laughs> said, a, said a lovely person. <laughs> I'm not quite sure what to say now. Well, I'll tell you what we'll do. How about we play another track from the album? This okay. is Ironing Days. Right. Do you want to... What's, which day of the week was Ironing Days? Well, after the washing comes the ironing <laughs> so that is a good follow-on from the the last track that you played keith for us um and ironing days actually uh, well features myself singing but also uh, richard sinclair uh on uh bass guitar um particularly towards the end and mm. um, so that's something lovely ironing days all oh, just came about you you and i wrote the lyrics together yeah. and um you encouraged me to be the singer on it. What else can I say about <laughs> Actually, it's a really funny one because in the 90s, I was obsessed with various indie bands and there was a band called Ash um, and I was just in love with the singer. And um, he, um, he was sort of in my head when I wrote this tune and, and I wrote it, I wrote this melody like half of the melody let's say in the uh, in the mid 90s um and somehow i found it again a couple of years ago uh, sort of well it, it found me again you know and um i sort of had this feeling that it it was right you know for the ironing song and um and it wasn't until i found the right chords it was just a particular hmm. spread I found, um, which I'm really, really pleased with, and you know, it was just, it really just, it was the the fizz coming out of the iron to have Viv singing on it. Oh, 
Well, having said that, yeah, listen out for the iron. Oh, that's true. <laughs> Bim is actually playing the iron on this record. Right. Yeah. Well, let's play it and see what the audience think of it. <laughs> I don't iron, personally, I don't iron. No, it's true, <laughs> yes. Just putting that out there. That's why I thought you were very well placed to sing this song. <laughs> well, now then, what else were mm, we saying now? Now then. Yes, Lee ah. has texted us in to say that where do you get your inspiration from? Now, we covered it earlier, but he's late. Oh, Lee, lady, yeah. thank you for that. Oh, it says you just tuned in. Um, so, so basically, this whole album is a concept in the um, sort of what I think of as traditional progressive rock uh, sort of style, if you like, um, of having you know like one vision that goes throughout the whole record, and that vision um, for this album is all about ritual. It's all about care, um, and basically came about because I started caring for an elderly lady at the beginning of 2020 and realised that she really needed rituals. She needed days of the week where particular things happened so she could navigate where she was. And I kind of realised I needed that too. And then come lockdown, quite a few people needed it. Um, so, yeah, all of this music comes out of that. Um, and actually, like, from a musical point of view, um, what, I, what I also did was when I looked at the days of the week, I realised, you know, every day has a planet. And when I looked um, in a little book that I've got, um, which has uh, 
there was this astronomer, um, Johannes Kepler, in the 1700s or something, and he said that each planet had a different vibration. So I plotted this out for the whole week, and what I found was this um, this tune that you would have heard at the beginning of the programme. Uh, sorry, Lee, not you. Um, which... Um, that actually runs through the entire album. So every single day ends up having a note to it. And this, this cycle of seven notes, of course, like re- recurs in different ways throughout the album. Um, so it's, it was an interesting challenge because I found myself going, OK, so um, this is going to go through the whole album, but at the same time, I don't want it to all sound like it's in the same key or it's, you know, it's sort of, you know, people are having their heads kind of beaten in by the same thing over and over again, you know. So it's, it's, there's a lot about perspective and how you can look at life in different ways on this album, really. So that's, that's all there, and, you know, all of that inspired it. And a couple of things that I kind of threw out. One of the things is when I listen to your album through my, let's say, semi-educated ears, I hear links to other artists. Right. Other influences. Obviously, um, Ian Anderson. Uh-huh. And your beautiful flute player. Oh, thank you. Viv. Oh, thanks. Uh, yes, Ian Anderson, certainly. Um, although not, not sort of obviously so, but I grew up, I have three sisters, and one of them was a big Jethro Tull fan, so... Um, through childhood, I heard strains of, of Ian Anderson mm. <laughs> through the bedroom walls, mm. um, and yeah, he, yes, there are there's certain perhaps not so much in this band, maybe in the other band more right. that tend to pick up more of the, more of the uh, Ian Anderson techniques that that um, are quite apparent in his sort of overblowing technique and that sort of thing, different oh, yeah. different sounds that you get over mm. the flute and harmonics and things like that, but. Um, yeah, and and obviously, I suppose we. One of the unusual things about us is that we, you know, we're not a four-piece guitar band, and a lot of bands who make I don't know something similar, like close to rock music. I'm not quite sure to what extent we are rock music, although, you know, people often say Sgt. Pepper was the first rock album. So you know, for me, that's that's my vision of rock is like something quite colourful with you know, like pastoral instruments. So for me, like the flute and the sax and the bassoon mm. are like really strong char- characteristics of this band, mm. you know. Um, so, yeah, that, you know, that makes sense that yeah. you'd hear that sort of Jethro Tull. Yeah, I could, I could hear. Yeah. Um, it just took me there. Yeah. When I listened to it, I mm. thought, oh, that, that reminds me. Because mm-hmm. there's things that I perhaps haven't heard for a number of years. Yeah. And they just like turned the clock back yes, for me. yeah. And that was wonderful. Um, a little bit of David Bowie. Oh, okay. Just, yeah, oh, interesting. I think I think yeah. it's the alto sax that probably okay, yeah. points me more oh, towards yeah. David Bowie because he and actually his last album. Oh, I can't remember true. the sax Black player. Black Star, but, yeah. But Black Star. Yeah, the, yeah, the sax player on that. Mm. Yes, I can't um, remember who that was. No, I can't. American saxophonist. Mm. But yes, that's quite apparent. Yeah. 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 And the other person that reminds me, mm. or you remind me of, with the, is um, Mike Garson. Oh, there we are. I mean, that's interesting because our last two albums were produced by Lee Fletcher, um, who uh, lived in Paynton, has just moved to Glasgow, and um, he is a big David Bowie fan. 
and I think maybe some of that rubbed off for me. And Mike Garson, of course, you know, was his piano player, and um, yes. He he said that my piano playing reminded me of Mike Carson. I hadn't really sort of consciously worked out who Mike Carson was, but um, but I've since you know discovered him and realised like oh yeah, there's there's definitely some resonances you know with our with our piano playing or whatever. Um, don't know how you can describe it other than you know getting a PhD in musicology PhD in it really, which I haven't got. <laughs> <laughs> well. That's that's just my, as I say, my take on some yeah, of the people yeah, yeah. that it, it just made me think about them. Yeah. And um, I'm sure the Mike Garson connection yes. to me yes. is going to be on the last track that we play today. Oh, Take okay. it up to the news. Yeah. And well, we've got another. Well, for anybody listening, it's just 23 minutes to three. So we've got 23 yeah. minutes, ladies. Ooh. So oh, we better okay. make them count. The number of chaos. Black Swan. Yes. Billy, do you want to oh, yes. dedicate so, this one? or Absolutely. So this, this song is very apt for today, very apt, because uh, today is churning day in the calendar. It's when we make our butter. It's when we um, make something, at least, to help us um, with the rest of the week. And also, um, it's it's kind of a dual-purpose day because it's cleaning as well. It's It's turning everything out and mixing it all up a bit mixing it up exactly Mm. and getting the hearth prepared for um the next day which is baking um so this song is called black swan and um i it sort of came to me deep in deepest winter actually and we were still locked down more or less it was that funny christmas you know funny christmas it's around that the off and on we will have christmas but we can't have christmas (laughs) that's right that's right and um you know churning is is all about um you know within the temple as as we sort of think about it is all about flux and there was a lot of flux right then and people didn't really know what was going to happen are we going to be in this situation forever and um you know sort of zooming out a bit i think of churning in terms of um you know climate climate change and how you know there's, there's lots of um lots of unknowns ahead and i suppose in many ways this song kind of offers the hope um, that you never know when something else is going to turn up, you know, which is not a case of saying, like, let's forget about it, let's do nothing. It's just the case of kind of um, we are we are but human and things come along that surprise us. And we have to have fun with those things that come along because I, <laughs> I have to mention the humour side because a lot of this is very heartfelt and serious but it also enabled you to find a great big blow up black swan and go into the sea with it and paddle around so we, we made a video <laughs> and where better but Dawlish in Dawlish, exactly. home of the black swan exactly, so a black swan <laughs> event is something that was you know, un- unforeseen and nobody foresee that, foresaw that <laughs> because it was the middle of winter it was actually like the 4th of January it was January and yes. um, I did have a wetsuit on under my dress um, but suffice to say, it was freezing, nonetheless. Yes, well, that, that's. I wonder. I was thinking that. I thought she said it was December or Christmas <laughs> in the water. The, oh yeah. Oh the yeah. First thing in the morning. It was yeah. sunny. It was. Yeah. It was. Oh well. So, who's requested this? Oh yes. Oh yes. Yeah. So do this the was, bit. That's right. This was requested by Laura Ann. 
Um, also like to say some shout outs to uh, Karen Ringrose, Melissa Brooks, um, my family, hello mum. And um, and I think we had a few other listeners there whose names are not quite <laughs> in my hands anymore. But uh, yeah, thanks everyone who's, who's tuned in. Um, this is Black Swan. As we journey through the process Somehow we got to journey day A rupture in the myth of
There we go. I just left it right to the end oh, there. Oh, thank so you. So we could hear the, um, the, the black swan. The yeah. black swan yeah. itself. That, that was our little Europop number, that one, you see. How did you record the black swan? Did you go and catch one in Dorley? <laughs> that is a local one. That is, is a local one, yeah. yeah. Oh, I, I was just yeah. thought I was joking. Really. <laughs> no, no, no. no. It's, authentic. You know, it's all authentic. And, you know, even the black swan was method acting. Um, yeah, the hardest bit was keeping the seagulls down. Right. You know, because they, they don't half squawk. Yes, yes, they certainly <laughs> do, don't they? On the seafront. Well, well, I remember yes. something that I nearly forgot. Oh. Your gig that you played at Ashburton oh, yes, yes, recently. Right. Yes. One of our presenters yeah. was actually at the gig. Oh, fabulous. Who is that? His name is Hugh Edwards. Right. He sung with you as a choral engineer. Oh my God, this oh, is your life. Wow. This is your life. <laughs> Hugh! I know who Hugh Edwards Did is. Did you remember him? Oh, hi Hugh. Hugh because he know. said you might not remember him. Oh, of course I remember Hugh. But you would remember Hugh Mankerville? Absolutely. Yes, well, he was there as well, wasn't he? Yes. Yeah. Yes. So, um, actually, how we met Anna Batson, how I met Anna Batson, first of all, the yes. bassoon player in the band who also sings and she does do all sorts of other things um, musically. Multi-instrumentalist. Um, yeah, mm. she, um, was, she was playing on uh, something he does every year. He's now up in Edinburgh still doing it, which is... Um, uh, it's the songs of Sufjan Stevens for Christmas, so Christmas songs. And Anna was on that gig, and uh, I just heard her playing um, on stage in the sound check. And she was doing, I don't know what, like kind of like a rock solo <laughs> over these over these chord changes. You know, when do you hear that on a bassoon? You know, the only band I know is Henry Cow from the 70s, who Lindsay Cooper, who also worked a lot with Mike Westbrook. Um, you know, she used to get her... And wah wah pedals out and distortion and you know all the things you normally associate with you know metal guitarists or whatever she was doing on the bassoon and uh, you know when I met Anna I heard her do that and also you know got to know her and realised how lovely she was it was like she's got to be part of this project as well you know so there we were in lockdown and she put that bassoon part that you can hear there most of most of that anyway she did at home on the other side of Plymouth. Um, and then, you know, she became part of the band and uh, we're just having a lot of fun with her playing, you know, um, amplified bassoon. Ah, oh, she's, a, she's a wonder. So it was Hugh Edwards also singing on one of the Stevens songs? That's right. So, yeah, so he was he was on one of the Sufjan Stevens things. Oh, he was okay. also on another project I did with Hugh, which was uh, around the time of... Um, do we mention the, the B word, Brexit? <laughs> um, but Hugh did a few kind of, kind of ritual... Um, uh, events for that as well, sort of based on the varying stages as we sort of progressed, you know, towards that um, threshold. You know, he did uh, a few amazing shows. You know, he filled a church in Paynton full of eggshells, and Hugh was one of the people who had the pleasure of stamping up and down on them. You know, these are the kinds of people <laughs> I hang out with. You know, Keith. <laughs> well, well, Hugh Edwards, who I know did say that Hugh Nankerville was quite different. Yes. He was, you know, pushed limits. Definitely. Put it that way. So. Definitely. In a very entertaining and mm. interesting way. So has that brought yes. back some memories to you? Yeah, then? yeah, very much. Yeah. Very much. Thank you. That's OK. I can't believe it, ladies. We are nearly through our two oh, hours. Look at that. Where, they, where did it go? 
<laughs> we didn't change the clocks, did we? <laughs> they went down the plug hole. That's amazing. It's a nice chat. Yeah. I'd like to say thank you, ladies, for coming in Very on a day. I mean, I'm sure you must be so busy with the release of the album and everything. The phone, today. the phone is making we a are, lot of but, noise. But <laughs> what could be nicer than sitting exactly. and talking about it all? <laughs> so yep. thank you for having us. That's okay. Yeah. We're playing Tottenham's Barrel House on the 21st oh, yes. of April, and then we're playing our homecoming Exeter Phoenix gig on the 4th of June. 4th of the 6th, 4th of June, yeah. Well, listeners, if you come along on the 21st of the 4th, you can meet all three of us. Because ah. I'll be there as well. <laughs> oh, brilliant. <laughs> I've got my tickets. Anyway, we're going to play out with what I think is my favourite track on oh, the album. Great. And this is the last track on the album, which is called the rest and in the temple shibboleth is the name of the horse that represents the last day
This is Torbay Hospital Radio.